from inside Memorial Stadium. This is the Huskers Radio Network podcast. All Huskers, all the time. Here's your host, Jessica Cootie. Welcome back, everybody, into the Huskers Radio Network podcast. I'm Jessica Cootie, and a special episode coming your way this week as a couple of guys, you've seen their work, you might not have heard their voices or know their names. Uh, Nick Burkhart, the director of Creative and Emerging Media. Did I say that right? That The title, the Creative and Emerging Media, right? And then uh, Alex Verhurek, I think that's the first time I've said your last name, right? Uh, yeah, it's pretty confusing. You say but... Alex with digital media normally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We like to we like to be a lot of behind the camera instead of front of it. I think that's what we're better at. So hey, it's a little different for us. So. That's right. You speak for yourself, man. <laughs> I'm here for this. I'm just so the reason why uh, I brought these guys in, which we should do a follow up sometime, because I meant to do this with fans, because I get a lot of people asking me about the work that you guys do. Yeah. Be fun to have like them ask some questions if they have questions for you guys. I should have asked, but maybe later on we'll do a follow up episode. For sure. Um, but I guess a little bit before we dive into why you guys are here, kind of tell people what you do, how you do it, and all of that and whatnot. Sure, I'll go first. So like, like you said, creative and emerging media, it's like a very vague term. It could mean a lot of different things, right? So here in Nebraska Athletics, creative and emerging media represents uh, social media management. It represents creative content in general. So graphic design, video production, uh, like managing a Twitter account, our area kind of handles all of that across our 20 plus sports. Um, we've got a lot of full-timers. We've got four, we're looking to get to about eight. We've got 26 students, so it's a pretty big operation. Um, and our job is just to serve our coaches and staff and promoting our Husker brand and helping with recruiting efforts. So that sounds simple. There's a lot that goes into it. We stay really busy, but I would say, Alex can attest to this, we have a lot of fun with it too at the same time. We do, and, and I think a big thing too is, is Nebraska and the administration here has put a huge emphasis on our, our department. I know that we're super grateful for that and, and something that we take a lot of pride in too is, is really trying to showcase what Husker Nation is all about and that comes through the things you can see on social media and all the content we're putting out too and you know a lot of that stuff is, is administration has made a priority for us and it's, it's something we're really grateful about. So. All right, favorite piece of content so far that oh, you guys man, have done? Oh, man, where do done. we start? If you had to pick one at the top of the list. Uh, off the top of my head last year, um, I would say we brought the chicken wing guy in. Oh, it my gosh. very last second. We got <laughs> Coach Frost involved. Um, we treated it like a breaking news press conference, and I think we just caught a lot of people off guard with it. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the beautiful thing about social media is you can plan as much as you want, but it's the spur of the moment, last minute type stuff that really um, resonates with our fans and with uh, you know social media. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a mix too, right? Like a lot of those things, like we look at the f football cave shoot and stuff we did there. I mean. You just don't kind of get those opportunities everywhere you go. We're down, you know, whatever it is, 40 feet underground, shooting all this stuff, too. So there's, there's all these big, kind of big drawn-out features, too. But kind of like Nick said, that, that impromptu fun stuff, those, you know, trying to stay up with the trends that's going on in, in the social media culture right now is kind of an, an ever-ending battle. But it's, it's a fun challenge to tackle, for sure. So I, I would say nothing in particular, just, just the tons of random stuff that we get to do on a day-in, day-out basis. So. And Nick, you have a unique perspective where you got to work with Trev Alberts uh, at Omaha, and 
Uh, you talked about the support that you guys get here. Can you just maybe speak to that a little bit and give fans a little bit of perspective of what, it, what it's been like working with him there and then how excited you are to work with him here? Sure, yeah, I mean, as soon as I found out Trev got the job, I was super excited. Um, you know, when I, it's a different situation at Omaha. They're obviously, yeah. you know, not in a Power 5 conference. Um, they've got different priorities. And I thought working with Trev, what I really found out about him is that he cares about a brand. He understands the importance of a brand and your identity and strengthening that brand. Um, and he was huge. At, they used to be called UNO. They want to be called Omaha now. You know, Trev was instrumental in making that a part of the process. Um, and just in the day-to-day -day operations of running social media, running video production in Omaha, um, working with Trev, I, I really enjoyed working with him because he understood the importance and he understood what it took um, from a behind-the-scenes standpoint to pull off a lot of that stuff. And I, I knew that would translate really well here at Nebraska with what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, and Alex, I mean, just the, uh, he has a media background. I mean, maybe not so much digital media and social media. I know you guys helped him launch his Twitter, but, yeah. uh, you know, just having that media mindset and, and a supportive um, athletics director, a lot of, you know, ADs around the country might just say, just do your job and, you know, go do it. But the fact that he cares and is invested in it has got to be huge. It's it's massive. It, it really is, too. And from the day, you know, Trev got here and the, and the second he stepped on our campus and met with us and the interactions, I mean, he's a busy guy, right? He's doing all those things, too. But he's taken time with all of our departments and especially our department, too, of, like Nick said, is is really he, he understands that a big part of our brand is driven through social media and things like that, too. And he gets it. He comes from the media background. I mean, he was he was on ESPN, right? And so um, having having an AD who really knows and understands what we want to do and then also wants to support it and help us be the best we can be and everything that we're doing is is really big. and. It's, it's really awesome to have Trevor at the helm right now. So I just think that was a cool perspective because obviously we hear a lot about what he does with the coaching and the specific teams, but it goes beyond that when you're the athletics director and you guys 100%. have a unique perspective yeah. on that. Okay, let's get to why you guys are joining me today. Um, if you don't follow us on social media, we just <laughs> uh, had a whirlwind trip to Dublin, Ireland uh, last week during the bye week. We spent 48 hours there, took in all of Dublin. And um, Nick, first of all, why was this something that was planned? Because I just kind of got in on the tail end of it. Why did we go do all of that? Well, initially, I think a big part of it is Ireland, you know, the people putting on this game are expecting Husker Nation to show up. And mm -hmm. if Husker Nation doesn't know, what this game's going to entail or what, you know, the country of Ireland has to offer, they're not going to be as interested. So, um, you know, we're expected to really help promote this. And I think last week um, when we visited there was a big part of us collecting the material that we can use to help promote this event and get our fans, um, our fan base really excited to, you know, want to make the trek across the pond. So what we're talking about, the Aer Lingus College Football Classic, of course, August 27th, the uh, kickoff in the 2022 season against Northwestern was supposed to happen last year against Illinois. But uh, Alex, you worked here, you went to school here. How exciting is this as a fan and then as someone that works for the program to yeah. have this opportunity to play overseas? From from the second I thought that this was going to be a thing and you know I had heard rumors that we were going to play over there, I was, I was chomping at the bit. And the first thing I want to do, I was like, okay, I can't get there soon enough, right? And I'm calling all my friends and my family and I'm like, hey, this is a can't miss destination. This was before we went on the trip and all this stuff. We got we got to make this happen. And then, you know, obviously as this trip came to be and, and going over there just to collect that material, that 
that thinking was just backed more. I mean, every single every single thing that we got to do was literally world class over there, and, and the people we got to meet and experience, it was it was really kind of breathtaking. And I and I just honestly, the reason I want to come on this podcast is just try and tell Husker Nation just how cool it's going to be, and it, it really is going to be the trip of a lifetime if you make that decision. So. Absolutely. We, we, we know that Husker fans travel all across the United States, wherever, you know, the Nebraska football team is playing. And of course, that's a big reason why, you know, they, they wanted to have Nebraska in this game because they fully believe that, that Husker fans are going to show up and show out and um, not just go to the game, which is a big part of why we went yeah. over there, but to kind of see Ireland and, you know, experience Dublin and do all the fun things. There's a lot to offer and we crammed it all in in 48 hours. So let's just start. Um, we we land. We get there 5 a.m. and the flight there's not bad at all. I mean, we flew out of Chicago. It was like right, and that's and that's amazing. And we can we don't need to get too much into the travel logistics or anything like that. But I think we got to take a step back before we land, Jess. And you know, we're going through. Obviously, there's a lot of paperwork when you travel, right? And I wouldn't consider <laughs> us world-class travelers, right? We don't we're not doing this all the time. And I think you can attest to that, Jess. You know, uh, yeah. we're, we're going through, and obviously you need your passport and stuff like that. And <laughs> oh, we're filing you're gonna tell this story? I am going to tell this story, you Great. know, because uh, it's 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 fun. You know, I think I think people get a good insight of the world of <laughs> Jessica Cootie, you know, for a little behind the scenes <laughs> action too. And so we're going to edit this out. We're going through all of our paperwork and. Uh, they asked for Jess's passport number that we had to fill out uh, back in the States when we get over to Ireland and we land and they look at Jess's passport number and it just says USA <laughs> on it. So no, uh, no specific details, but I think uh, everyone at the airline agency was aware that uh, Jess was from the USA. So we'll got have to censor that out when they edit this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure no one steals our identity. Yeah, real specific numbers number in USA. USA there. So. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was. We were in a hurry. We were trying to. We had a lot going on uh, that week, yeah. and we were we were frantic. We did, had none of our paperwork filled out. So. Yeah. I just put it got approved in Chicago or in, in Omaha, so I got I got to Omaha or I got to Chicago. You're totally right though. Like it's way easier to get over there than people would expect. How many I thought it was gonna be six miserable. and a half hours total oh. from Chicago? Yeah. Like, it wasn't bad. I thought it was gonna be like an all night deal mm -hmm. and it was uh yeah, it was six hours mm -hmm. and it was it was easy getting over there and quick mm -hmm. trip and so but we land and it's six hours ahead, right? Six hours. Six, I asked yes. the whole time because my clock never changed, but it was six hours, yep. right? So we get there, it's like 5 a.m., and we kind of get right to it. We have breakfast, and we get right rolling to it, and we go to the stadium. And what a cool stadium. Uh, Nick, first initial uh, – wait, you've been to the stadium, right? Not this one. Okay. No. But when you walk in the stadium, your first initial reaction? It's just, like, green everywhere. You're like, man, this is the greenest – it yeah. sounds cliche, but, like, the greenest grass you've ever seen. You're like, <laughs> oh, my God, this is amazing. The stand, the seats are all green. You know, they've got this really cool, like – uh, structure. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just a really unique looking stadium. Yeah. I mean, European, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but to think college football is going to be played in there, it was just like something that you just get excited about when you walk out there. You're like, man, this is going to be a really cool site. Yeah, my my first thought right when you walk in is like epic. Like, oh my gosh, like we're gonna we're gonna play here in a few months, right? Like you mentioned the turf too. I mean, we're trying to shoot all this content out there. 
and there was just turf people everywhere just trying to maintain this turf on literally a 24/7 basis out Yelling there at too. Me to you get know off what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't and go on the grass if you get over there. So they're they're super particular about that. But no, it it really was just just epic and you you kind of just it's one of those things. I remember honestly I compared it to the first time you walk in a memorial, right? And you just see these giant facades everywhere and obviously that's different too. It's this huge giant glass kind of engulfing structure, but it's 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 massive and it's you got to see it to believe it honestly so and i um am kind of a, a nerd when it comes to like asking about the grass and the turf and it is a combination of turf and actual natural grass yeah. and it's um they play a lot of events on that the rugby soccer all the above but it was it was just pristine and you know the fact that they're you know these the players talked a lot about when they went to Oklahoma and then where's the second place we played that had natural grass this year uh, Northwestern oh we didn't play at Northwestern. Michigan State did Michigan State have real grass yes yeah um, yeah they did because they had the turf they had the tarp on it yes. right up until right. Uh, they pulled it at like 230 or 3 but the players love playing on natural grass natural grass mm -hmm. and it's it's placed faster and so it's like it's a unique surface but it's it's so well kept and it's so it's going to be a fun actual just like venue for the players to play in, but then for fans to go, there's not a bad seat in that place. No, I mean, and I think we explored about every square foot of that thing too, right? We went all the way in the Raptors, we went in the end zones, we went everywhere, and they got huge, beautiful, nice screens too. So, I mean, it, it doesn't matter where you're sitting in there too. Like, I felt like every, every new place we went to stop to see, um, you could just kind of look out and be like, oh, like this would be a great spot to watch a game, right? Um, not to get into the media too, but they their media row was really interesting. It was like an open air kind of press box system and stuff they had out there too. Just something a little different, but it was it was it was really cool. So, get anything to add to that? The seats are great. All seats are great. The, yeah. I mean, the premium seats too. Like hey, their, yeah, their suite level, club level type stuff was really neat. And you know, you you're looking out at the playing surface. You go back um, to the concourse, and there may or may not be. Uh, Beer stands at Guinness, therefore yeah. waiting. So I think the amenities go. I was waiting for there. you guys to get there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they certainly. I mean, obviously, I think people know the the long history of Ireland and that stuff too. And it, they certainly make it well known in the stadium too. There's there's all sorts of food and venue options. What was that? Beef oh, and mushroom pie. Beef and mushroom pie. We didn't get it. We didn't get to try that. No. Um, but but man, I mean, you look. It was def some different items on there, but. So stuff you're certainly going to want to try. So There's lots of options and lines and opportunities to get Guinness, that's for sure. Nick, you went to this game, before we get into the other stuff at Ireland, you went to this game, not at the stadium, with UCF, right? Uh, so what was that experience like? Yeah, so back in 2014, UCF played Penn State in Dublin, a uh, different stadium, but it was just a really cool experience. Um, and the whole time we were on this trip, uh, for Nebraska, I just kept thinking back to when I was there in 2014, and I got to see Penn State's fan base there, and they just kind of took over that city. Um, so to me, when we were over there, you know, last yeah. week, I just kept picturing Husker Nation, and I know how dedicated our fans are and how crazy they'll go over something like this, and um, it got me really excited just to know um, how well our fan base travels. If you pair that with a really cool experience like this, like it's going to be really neat. Yeah, so many different places to, to pregame, to lead up to kickoff, which, of course, all football fans like to know about. But um, before we get into that, let's mm -hmm. talk about, you know, again, just 
don't just plan on going to the game because that was my first experience ever outside of Europe. And I, I want to go back and spend more time because there's so many different things that you could do. And we were on such a kind of strict time schedule to kind of experience so many different things. Uh, we saw what uh, Trinity College, which mm -hmm. is very well known in the Book of Kales, which is a historic uh, artifact. Yeah, it's um, the history is paramount in Ireland. Literally, that was that was evident wherever wherever we go to, and touching on the Book of Kells specifically. So it's it's part of Trinity College, is my understanding, right? And it's um, there's actually I think I believe they said seven libraries on that on that campus, and um, we got to experience the library that the Book of Kells was actually in, and they obviously have the Book of Kells sitting on display, one of the most you know famous manuscripts in the history of mankind you know um, so seeing that cool too if, if you're a history buff that is kind of a must-see thing and then we go into this library and again it was another one of those things like we come around this corner and we just see this old library um, and you look at it and you're like okay it's a library right like no this thing this thing was just immaculate from just the book selection to the to the architecture in the building and it was it was pretty it was pretty cool to see that if you could like gather that scent into a candle it would sell for so <laughs> honestly did it not just smell like books like in a, an awesome way yeah. yeah like it was so cool like you'll have to look up the photos we post here absolutely Wasn't it, it, was just, it was like harry potterish did someone tell me it was like based off a of harry potter or like a harry potter scene was who knows they said two hundred thousand books though which yeah. was crazy and they're not just small little skinny books like it it's a massive library, and um, you knew it was a big deal when they were very protective as far as like who could go where and who could retrieve a book and the process to retrieve a book that they explained. So yeah, that I was think, pretty interesting. I think Nick was trying to get his hands on on a few books there, and they they weren't going to let him touch anything yeah. in there. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just a just a cool kind of you know again something for everybody. Uh, you know when you go there, let's mm -hmm. before we get into the Guinness and uh, Jameson part of it let's continue on with the history and the epic museum was pretty cool i mean i am definitely not a quote-unquote history buff yeah. by any means my dad and brother are and they would have loved that because and even you think oh we're going to learn about irish history but there's a lot of ties to america and the united states yeah, I mean, I think the first thing we were all curious, what does Epic stand for? <laughs> and we're not gonna we're not gonna spoil it for you guys. Uh, you'll yeah. figure it out when you get over there. But uh, to your point, Jess, like it was even if you're not a history buff, it's really interesting though because the country of Ireland is obviously you know deeply rooted in immigration. You know, mm -hmm. um, so many different countries like the U.S. have ancestry going back to Ireland. So I think that's a huge uh, point of interest for our fans if if they want to you know look into that they could really tap into the database that Epic has and the resources they have to, you know, determine their lineage, see if they do have ancestry going back to that country. Yeah, that's that's a that's a very, you know, they were harping on us too. That that is kind of their their selling point of this museum, right? Is the museum in and of itself, which we'll talk about, is 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 really, really cool. But to their some of the packages that you can you can you can be a part of is they basically you know, they look into that history for you, right? You you and your family, whoever goes over there, you actually sit down with a genealogist and kind of trace your Irish roots and that sort of thing. And they actually specifically designed the tour based on kind of where your family lineage comes from and can kind of cater different tours to that. So if, if that's something you're into and, and really kind of exploring uh, your family roots and that kind of past, Epic is, is definitely the place to do it over there, so. Yeah, it seemed like a lot of the people that we would talk to talked about 
almost everybody has some sort of tie yeah. to Ireland, and the people in Ireland have some sort of tie to the United States. And so, yeah, they have, you know, expert genealogists that can help trace your lineage, and you can discover all of that. But then within the museum itself, there are all these different rooms, which is so well done. It's won all these awards. What was the award? It was like the, the best tour yeah, and it was i think they're in all they, of europe it was like the best tour in all of europe or something like yeah that. and it's I, the reason they say it's the best too i believe it's the first all digital museum is how they wanted to set it up and from i think nick and i are kind of nerds and we geek out about all of that kind of cool technology and things it's what was so cool about it is the way that they set up all these displays right like when you think of a history museum or a immigration museum you're thinking just you know old scrolls of things on a wall but it was it was super interactive right they have all these crazy different types of displays that you can touch and you feel there's one point you pull a book out and it gives you a specific phrase and so um, I know they, they they poured a ton of money into into making that a really an interactive experience and it showed it was just it was well done from start to finish so you got your passport stamped at every place, oh, yeah. which that was fun. It, yeah. Just all the little details within how that museum is done. And every room was designed by somebody different, like yeah. a different kind of designer. So it felt completely different when you walk from room to room. And uh, there was a entire room that was dedicated. This is probably a lot of people that are into American history to how uh, the Ireland people are attached to different politics and politicians. And 23 of the 46 American presidents have Irish descent. And so I, I learned that there, you know, and um, the sports, you know, there's, they talked about that. There's sports, there's music, uh, there's the dancing, which you were terrible at the river dance, Alex. Yeah. You could not get it down. Yeah, they, that, they, they show you how to river dance and you did not get it. They literally spoon fed how to dance for me and I, I, I couldn't figure it out, right? There's footsteps everywhere you go. And I think you, you and Brandon mastered it after, after the first time we went. And I'm sitting there just looking like a doofus <laughs> trying to bounce back and forth. And I definitely got some looks over there, that's for sure. So, um, And then, so again, lots to do there, lots to see there. That's yep. epic, uh, epic museum. It's not what I thought it was going to be, but I really enjoyed it. I thought that was fun and interesting. And I think a lot of people that have interest in history, that could be something uh, that you could do but from there we walked right down like a block and went kayaking on the Liffey mm -hmm. uh, the the Liffey River which is a cool way to see Ireland Nick didn't get to do that he was working it was signing day that day so he was pretty uh, embedded in that so Alex yeah. you can talk about what you saw there yeah I mean we again and I just got you know every single tour guide we had was just literally amazing too and, and we can get all into the people and stuff that we met too which was you know my favorite part by far but I mean you just you go kayaking down down this the Liffey River right down there too and you have everything you have I mean you're seeing buildings from 1500s right all these like castles and sculptures and stuff too and it's it's a cool way to do it too because the Liffey is right in the heart of Ireland you you kind of go under this bridge which they call the very center of Dublin so and they're right you're literally in the center of everything you can see all the history of of Dublin and in all the buildings and everything kind of right from the heart of the city and I mean you're on the water on a kayak right like how great is that so uh, okay, so I, I was not very good at kayaking. I ended up cheating and getting a toe most of the way back, but um, <laughs> it was really cool. And again, there's so many things up and down the river that you can see and you can get right off and go to you know restaurants, bars, shops, mm -hmm. all right there. Um, it's neat because Dublin is, there's a, a height restriction on the, on the buildings and so there's no really high rises at all. So a lot of different cool architect architecture in the city as well. 
All right, I, what everybody's been waiting for, let's get into the, the alcohol part of this. Oh, boy. The, the uh, Guinness and Jameson tours, which, again, the Jameson tour, again, has won a bunch of awards. And I, I jokingly say the alcohol um, part of it, but you can learn so much. I feel like, again, if you are not going to drink at all, you could still have okay. fun at both of these spots. No, you, you absolutely can, too. And, again... I don't think any of us really knew what to expect when we were going over there too, but like both tours, there was, there was so much more than just, Hey, like you get a Guinness beer or whatever you, you taste the Jameson whiskey, right? Like there is, and, and they're super proud of this. That's, that's kind of the, the bread and butter of Ireland people, you know, is, is Guinness, right? When you think of Ireland, you think of a Guinness beer, right? Too. So especially at Guinness too, you go through and you just see the history and the culture of, you know, how it was made and how it's adapted over the years and all the different displays and the things that they have too. So the actual, the actual tour part of it is great is learning about the history um, of Guinness and, and how it's evolved over the years. And then, you know, we go upstairs and all the interactive things that they actually do with the beer and the bars, which we'll get into is, is even the best part, I would say. So Nick, as a social media guy, and that's kind of what you do, it was cool for me to see the, the advertising through the years, and they kind of harped yeah. on the animal part of it, and they had all that display. I mean, it's like you can literally see the whole journey of it, but I thought the advertising part of it was awesome. I mean, Guinness and Jameson are world-renowned brands. You know, you don't just get there overnight. So that was kind of cool, going through the tours, talking with a lot of the tour guides as far as, like, how did they get to the point they're at now, you know? Um, and that history lesson I thought was really cool from a social media standpoint, a branding standpoint. Yeah. Um, but to Alex's point, you know, like, in my opinion, the best part about it was the people you got to meet on these tours. Like, our guides were absolutely incredible. They did not make you feel like a tourist at all. They made you feel very welcome. They were funny, um, you know, very relatable. Like, they were genuinely awesome people, the, you know. The best way I can describe it is we talked about this during the entire trip, too, right? Obviously, we all know the term Nebraska nice mm -hmm. here, too. I felt that equally as paramount mm -hmm. with their people in Ireland and stuff, too. And I, I know, you know, we have tour guides that are specifically meant for that, too. But it, it wasn't just our tour guides, too. Literally from our bus driver that from when we got there to you know all the all the people andy. and just yeah andy we love andy <laughs> um all the all the people that we got to meet along the way too we just we kept thinking that was a kind of a constant theme where i think we're like wow like these are our people right like these we can relate with these people um they just kind of had that friendly nature and vibe like a good nebraskan does and and that was that was awesome so. it was not absolutely not just smoke and mirrors just giving us no. the the royal treatment that's yeah. how they are they are absolutely genuinely kind nice people and it wasn't it does translate from nebraska over there I also have to add, too, because I know that Nebraska is a big farming state. My grandpa's a farmer. The, the part at Guinness talking about, you know, the different crops and how they have blended that, I think it would be interesting, too, for even people that were interested in agriculture. How yeah. it's, it, they take you from the very beginning of how the actual crop is even. Yeah, to be honest with you, I had, I had no idea, you know, what all went into it, too. And, like, you know, not to... I, I kind of feel bad saying this, right? I had maybe had a Guinness before once or twice in my life, and it was Don't fun. tell your dad that. No, yeah, it was fine. We can, we can talk about my dad and my beer drinking in, in, a, in a separate <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> but anyway, no, but like, so I, I kind of thought I had an idea of, you know, a Guinness, right? It's just a dark beer is, is kind of what I went into it, right? But you, you go through this tour and this history, and then you go th all through the tour and you have a Guinness and you have a completely different perspective. Like, 
you feel like you're just tasting 200 years of history when you drink one of these things. You know, it's just it's 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 really neat to see the the care that these people take in in producing such a high quality beer and and all that too. I think the first question we asked too is with the crops and stuff too, right? Is like how can we get some Nebraska corn in this too, right? <laughs> it's a great beer and all that too, but just imagine if they had some Nebraska corn injected into there. Well, so. they, mod they modernized it too. You know, at yeah. the end you get a Guinness at a bar. Yeah. And Oh, they're like, oh yeah. By the way, we're gonna take a picture of you and put your face oh. on this beer, and, and we're then all you like, your face. yeah, yeah. And they literally take a photo, <laughs> scan it, and they have a printer that basically prints froth onto the top of your beer, and you just drink your face essentially. It's yeah, kind of like when have you gotten to do that before? Yeah. Like, <laughs> People that saw my social media post about it, I kind of explained it. It's kind of like a latte thing, you know, like the mm -hmm. on top sure. of the latte, and then they just but you go take a selfie, and it's called a stouty. And then they print it on your face, and you guys totally just kept printing off all these beers. You had Herbie, Little Red, the logos, like yeah, I mean, so you guys just had, kept printing off Nebraska yeah, Guinnesses. We, you know, obviously, you know, we see this is this is right up our alley, right? We're like, oh, we have all these Nebraska logos and all these things too. So we're we're printing off Herbie, we're we're printing off Little Red, we're printing off the N logo, all these things, right? Thinking, oh yeah, we got a Nebraska brand, everything in this place. We get them all printed out, and then all of a sudden, oh man, we're sitting here with 15 beers. What the heck are we gonna do with all of these and stuff? So someone had to drink them. Somebody had to the do story. it. I yeah, I plead the fifth on who did that <laughs> one, but <laughs> wasn't me. Wasn't me. Uh, no, that was. And then again, you can eat lunch there. They've got uh, you know great food. I thought that was really good. That's probably my favorite meal uh, there. Yeah. But then it's on top of the building, so you can see kind of Ireland as you're you know, eating and drinking after the tour. So that was a fun stop. And then uh, Jameson was incredible because, again, I, I think it was just it's so well done how they did their tours. And there's five different tours that you can do. Yep. We kind of crammed like two into one. And, uh, you know, what was your big takeaways from Jameson? My big takeaway, it was just, again, the the history component of it too. They, they put so much time and effort and such a high quality product too and like with jameson specifically to me you could you could really see it through their the the people and their tour guides these people love jameson more than anything and they they really are kind of a family culture of it too and the way i would say the jameson tour is different than any tour i've ever done in my life just the way that that you kind of like they immerse you into the tour right and they um, just really kind of show you basically all that goes into drinking Jameson whiskey, the way you drink it, the way you smell, the, the way it's made, and um, the, way, the way that it was presented to us was, was super unique. I thought the coolest part, if I'm trying to sell this place, is at the end we did basically a make-your-own cocktail. Oh, yeah. In the room we walked into, we get in there, and I'm like, this is a movie set right now. <laughs> it is the, mo the coolest, most authentic-looking. I don't know. How would you describe it? Just... just like it kind of was like a pretty dungeon, like circle yeah. round table bar area. You just felt totally immersed in Irish culture and like totally immersed in what Jameson's trying to stand for as a brand in there. Um, and then our yeah. guide, our, the, the guy that was helping us make the drinks were just, he was so awesome. You know, he, we had a great time with him and um, I think someone stole his drink just to uh, uh, play it off that they made Pearson. the good one. And oh man, it was, it was so cool. Yep. So yeah, we got a, making the drink was was super cool too and like you think oh okay like i'm an amateur bartender i've made a drink before 
No, you haven't. Not until not until you do the uh, the cocktail making experience that that we got to do too, right? And so, I think it took us all about fourteen or fifteen minutes to make our drinks, and we could tell the the guy was kind of getting antsy with us, right? We're we're <laughs> we're having all these fun making this drink, and so we go, okay, how how long does it take you to make a drink? And he just whips out his cocktail in about forty one seconds flat. So. Um, we, we had a ton of fun with him, and I'm sure all their tour guides are exactly like that. Just awesome to be around. So. Yeah, again, that's one of the options that you can do on those tours, and it's an hour long, and you make multiple cocktails. There's a seasonal cocktail, and, and they're, yeah, the, the people were great. Uh, oh, my gosh, I just blanked on her name. Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. Aaron was awesome. Um, they were they were all great. She threw the bones. No oh, yeah. hesitation. She did throw the bones. Yeah. The bones. Like, She's she coming to the it. game. I think we, we, we got some Husker fans uh, throughout the process. But, yeah, so – that's kind of a quick tour of kind of the things that we did on our stop. And then we had great food as well. And we can kind of quickly, you know, hit on that. We ate at two of the, with the best seafood place and the n number one steakhouse in all of Europe. Yep. We were kind of joking, right? Because the first night we ate at what they, t what, what they told us was the number one luxurious steakhouse in the world. And we kind of look at each other. We're like, well, that'll do, right? <laughs> and then they said the second night we're going to eat at, like, this, this seafood restaurant, which was kind of their, their sister restaurant, and that just won um, the best seafood restaurant in, what was it, Europe. Europe? And so we didn't get the world on that one, only Europe. But, I mean, we, that was just two, and I think everywhere we went to, we're like, oh, we could eat here, we could eat here, right? There are unlimited options for you guys. So, mm -hmm. What was your favorite thing you ate, Nick? Oof. Trying to think. I don't even know. Fire, Where do you fire start? and uh, Soul, right? Fire and Soul were the two places That's that we right. went. Fire is the steakhouse. And again, we were talking with them because I think Nebraska fans will relate to that. Um, you know, the beef production here in this state. Mm -hmm. The steak, I don't eat red meat. I've said that on the Sports Nightly. People know that about me. So, um, but I know you guys, you guys had steaks. What jumped out to me, honestly, they don't call them shrimp, they call them prawns. Yep. They, that was a kind of an appetizer we got when we first got to. Um, what was the name of the restaurant? Uh, it was Fire. To Fire, yeah. and oh my gosh, those were amazing. Massive, tons of flavor. Um, our table ate those up in like no time. Yeah, and and we're definitely not here to you know promote a specific restaurant or anything like that too. But but just speaking about Fire and specifically, you 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 kind of you kind of come up on this lawn, right? And it looks, it almost kind of looks like you're coming up on the lawn of a White House, right? You you just kind of feel kind of the prestige when you're coming up on this place, and so we. We obviously get in there and we're asking a bunch of questions about like where are we at right now, right? And they just kind of casually drop. They're like, "Oh, we're sitting on the property of the Lord Mayor's house is <laughs> is where we ate. That used to be, it was part of the part of the Lord Mayor's mansion, and it used to be the supper room as part of their kind of area within that mansion. And then it's, it's obviously now been turned into a restaurant that the Lord Mayor actually still eats at to this day. Um, so yeah, just awesome experience too and in there it, it really kind of feels almost victorian you know it's it's a really neat spot and so then the next night we ate at uh seoul and the area that seoul is in is really neat it's a really cool spot um the day we were there they turned on all their christmas lights yeah. and so we walked down through there and it was it was beautiful mm -hmm. yeah the the shopping district too was awesome right and that's i think that was you know Stepping back here too, there was there was such a unique blend. You obviously have that that history with the the old buildings and stuff too. But then we're in a kind of a world-renowned shopping district, right? So I mean, Dublin really had had stuff for everyone, and that that shopping district specifically too. It was, I mean, it was so it was so cool the way they had it set up. So so I tried mussels for the first time. Had you had mussels, Nick? Oh yeah. 
Uh, they were really good. They were good. The the whole appetizers, they were really good. They just kept bringing different seafood oh my to gosh. us uh -huh. all night, that second night, yeah. and we just kept eating it nonstop. It's, it's been a week now, and I'm I'm still reminiscing on some of the flavor of that, yeah. that seafood that we had. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was unbelievable. So those are, and again, you mentioned it, just two of the restaurants that we yeah. ate at. There are so many different options that you can eat at, you can, you know, explore, and... We, we met a lot of people that we could pass along suggestions. That's another thing. We're going to continue to work on content leading up to kickoff to try to give Husker fans some suggestions. And, you know, Sabrina and Rachel were awesome, and they can absolutely help us as well. But um, the part of, I think, you know, going to a football game and the lead-up, it's probably going to be a night kickoff, Nick, and you've been there, you experienced it. But there's so many different options that you can, you know, spend the day leading up to kickoff on game day. Yeah, I mean, if you're just thinking about making the trip, I mean, you're you're combining what I would assume are two of your favorite things, you know, to travel and to see Nebraska football. So, like, getting to do both of those on the same, you know, sp yeah. time span, that's such a cool experience, you know. And um, you'll hear a lot of people say that it's always fun to see your team play in a new environment, you know. In the U.S., it's always cool to see Nebraska play at an opponent we haven't played at in a while. Well, Ireland's a whole other thing, you know. And... Um, just seeing the Huskers walk out there on that like super lush green field um, and seeing our fans there is going to be a really cool sight. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you mentioned all the green that we saw too, and, and all I could think about, right, is, I mean, the seats are green, the field's green, kind of the, the roof of, of everything is green too. And I just, literally, I was just picturing, you know, thousands and thousands of Husker fans. Just, it feels like Christmas. I, you know, it, it, it absolutely is. Um, it's 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 going to be a scene, too. Um, and again, outside outside of the stadium, too, there's there's all these kind of districts is how I would describe them. Um, and we, we went into a lot of places, too, that, you know, as potential kind of tailgating opportunities and stuff for our fans. And I literally just envisioned taking the entire downtown Dublin all over and just, just painting Dublin red. So... Absolutely. I think it'll be um, so much fun. And one thing we didn't even get to do, we were, this trip got uh, postponed and canceled a couple of different times due to COVID, but originally we were going to be able to golf and they have incredible yeah. golfing there as well. I just did an interview with Travis Vokalek and he was asking, Hey, you know, when we go back there as a team next year, we're going to maybe be able to golf because there's a lot of different, there's public, there's private. And again, world renowned golf courses with all that green, you got to think there's got to be some awesome golf courses out there too. There, there absolutely is. And like I said, you, you touched on it. We were there for basically 48 hours. When you say whirlwind, that was absolutely right. But, and everything we did was kind of right in the heart of Dublin, right? They're kind of main, main attractions. But I think, you know, we weren't even scratching the surface, right? They double or Ireland's huge too for their for their countryside, um, and I'm, I'm sure there's where a lot of the golf courses and stuff too. I know the Cliffs of Moher are, are a huge thing out there too, and it's it's got kind of vast vast kind of landscapes right on the sea and stuff too. So I know I know all three of us can attest too. And when we hopefully get the chance to go back too, we want to explore the countryside of Ireland because I know that has a ton to offer as well. Well, I think so. they told us like wherever you're at in Ireland, you're three hours away from something else. Yeah. You know, you can get wherever you want in three hours, which is pretty rare. So. And uh, you know, the people of Ireland are absolutely sports crazy. They don't have football, uh, American football, really over there, but they are all about their sports. We we had talked about. There's a big rugby match that's about to happen, right, the, that, that weekend that we were there. And they are pumped to have Nebraska football come out there again. I mean, th that stadium sold out, I think, when Notre Dame went there a few years ago. Notre Dame brought a huge, huge crowd. And I know you said Penn State showed out. And, you know, so there's going to be a lot of Husker fans there 
But there's going to be a lot of people from Ireland that are going to be excited to watch this football game. Well, I thought it was interesting, too. They were trying to give us a, a lesson on what are high school kids playing, what sports, you know. Um, and American football is not something they really play there much. Mm. So when, you know, college football comes to town, it's very unique, something they're not used to, something that they're kind of intrigued to see. I think the NFL playing in Europe uh, has got a lot of interest or gained a lot of interest the last couple of years. Um, and that's probably propelled, you know, this college football initiative. Um, so yeah, when uh, these college teams finally make it over there and there's a game and, you know, we bring a large fan base with, I think the locals are really excited and interested to see what it's all about. Yeah. And this is a city that got hit hard by COVID. And, you know, so again, you know, just anything that they can welcome. They just opened, you know, tourists back in or opened up the country for travel while we were there, which is what, November, what, we were there November 8th through the 12th. That was the first week that, uh, you know, they were able to travel in and out. And so, you know, the, I know that the people that we talked to, you mentioned how nice and kind and welcoming they are. They're so excited that we're coming, but also, it's going to be big for them in that city, and it's it's and we heard the logo of the game is more than just a game because it does it, it means so much to this to the city of Dublin and to the country of Ireland. Yeah, no, I think I think the synergy of Ireland people with Husker fans is is really going to be a sight to behold. It's um, you can just tell like it, they're football fans, they really are, and like I mean, I was talking to a bunch of people too, and they were they were telling me all about on Sundays, right? They sit around and they watch Red Zone, just like we do here in the <laughs> states, right? And so, like Nick was saying, NFL is a huge deal over there too, but they really don't kind of have that college team to gravitate toward too. So, I think come August, we we should hopefully be able to give them a, a team to to be rooting for for life. So, and we were over there. We shot all over the place we went you guys failed on the drone though right you never get the drone in the air still working on that <laughs> yeah maybe but next time we we literally shot and gathered content everywhere we went and we're going to get that out to you guys uh, along the way but we wanted to sit down and kind of get our thoughts out before we got too far removed from it and kind of get what we liked and appreciated about dublin and maybe give some husker fans some insight on, on what you can do when you uh you know kind of go out there so august 27th Against Northwestern, and it's the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. There are packages on sale right now. Huskers2, the number two, Ireland.com. Huskers2Ireland.com. You can check out those packages. Hopefully, we'll have uh, games on sale uh, for that as well. But yeah, again, getting less than a year out now. And so I know fans like to start planning that travel in advance. So we wanted to just get that out there and, and keep it right here. We'll keep you guys posted on, on all that information. Final thoughts? Yeah, um, I can't recommend it enough. I really can't. I'm not just saying that as you know, just somebody that you know is trying to sales. I don't. I don't have any stake in this thing. I was. We just kind of went as fans and decided to collect content along the way. And honestly, the best way I can describe it is a trip of a lifetime. And it's something that you know I'm always going to cherish, and I hope everyone gets to as well. You will not regret going yeah. on this trip, honestly. You know, college football, the start of college football season is always an exciting time of the year. Um, that's amplified times 10 if you're doing it in Dublin, Ireland. And we're lucky enough to be able to do that next year, and I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. And again, keep it uh, right here across all of the Husker social media platforms as we will bring you content from all the fun things that we got to see and do while we were out there leading up to can kick off in the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. Huskers2Ireland.com for all of that information. Alex Rehurik, Nick Burkhart, thanks for all you guys do for me. But thanks for <laughs> us bet. spending some time here on the podcast. Yeah.
You guys are normally the ones posting it. Now you're on it this week. We may post this afterwards. (laughs) We'll go back to our office and get it posted. All right, subscribe and listen, and uh, keep it right here for much more here on the Huskers Radio Network podcast.